You're listening to The Luxury Item, the podcast on the business of luxury and the people and companies that are shaping the future of the luxury industry. Here's your host, Scott Kerr. Powerhouse luxury fashion brand Hugo Boss was founded in 1924 and is now one of Germany's largest and most famous fashion companies. Internationally renowned for its clothing, accessories, footwear, and fragrances, the company had been struggling to revive its business for years before being hammered by the COVID-19 pandemic. In August last year, its newly appointed chief executive officer, Daniel Greeter, unveiled a new five-pillar strategy called Claim 5 that wants to evolve Hugo Boss into a 24-7 lifestyle brand and boost its appeal to younger consumers. The company's ambition is to double sales to at least 4 billion euros by 2025 and to become one of the top 100 global brands. And it looks like things are getting back on track for Hugo Boss. Hugo Boss recently said that it had exceeded its full-year sales targets after preliminary fourth-quarter earnings helped propel the German fashion house back to nearly pre-pandemic levels. My guest today on The Luxury Item is Maya Sullivan, Senior Vice President, Global Marketing and Brand Communications at Hugo Boss. Joining the brand in May of last year, Maya has held a number of management positions at both Luxottica and Furla, and most recently as Chief Marketing Officer and General Manager e-commerce at St. John Knits. Maya Sullivan's extensive proficiency in the digital transformation of marketing activities and her strong understanding of emotionalizing brands and products play a key role in leading Hugo Boss into the future. Welcome to the luxury item, Maya. Thank you. Happy to be here. I'm so excited for you to come on. And first, I have to congratulate you on the exciting announcement of the new global campaign for your two brands, Boss and Hugo. But we'll talk about that a little more very shortly. So you joined Hugo Boss to head up global marketing, I think it was like the end of May of last year. And, you know, really critical role in the timing of of the rebranding and the relaunch and the new campaigns. When you joined last May, what were you tasked to do at Hugo Boss? Oh, the assignment was crystal clear. I was tasked Mm -hmm. to make Hugo Boss one of the top 100 brands in the world within the next five years. Once in a lifetime opportunity for a marketer. So I just had to be a part of this amazing opportunity. Was that the most exciting thing about joining Hugo Boss and and the task of, of making this the top 100 brands? Absolutely. I mean, as a marketer, um, you get a lot of satisfaction out of, you know, building brands. And it's, it's a really rare opportunity to be able to do a brand turnaround in a financially uh, successful company. Mm-hmm. So you have all the resources, you have the permission, and you just have to make it happen. So for me, there was no question that this would be my next journey in my career. And soon after you join your CEO, Daniel Greeter, who was also kind of pretty new to the role, presented Hugo Boss's new Claim 5 strategy to investors and the public, underlining the company's huge potential to strengthen its business across all regions and channels around the world. Can you just give us a snapshot? Because I know there's a lot of details, just really a snapshot of what's expected in reaching these goals. Yeah, I mean, I'm really tasked with boosting boosting the brands. This right. is the first pillar in the Claim 5 strategy. But I have to tell you, the whole company is um, working on this, and we all have different tasks working together as a team. Mm-hmm. So we also have Product is King is the second pillar, leading in di- digital, uh, rebalancing omni-channel, and 
strengthening the organization. And it's really amazing. Also, if you see the launch yesterday, just as an example, mm -hmm. it, you saw all of the marketing activity. You saw the influencers, you saw the campaign, you saw the press, you saw that we were on fire. At the exact same moment that we launched, we also launched a new um, web experience. And so that's the leading in digital aspect. So that's another department who's also going after this dream. So we're all working on it together, um, taking the best in class approach to realize the um, top 100 brand, hopefully before the deadline. <laughs> I'm hoping we can do it in a shorter um, time period, but the goal is to have this within the next five years. So even before the campaign, the, the wheels of the Claim 5 strategy were in motion. So if you would kind of look back at the last six months, have, did you see signs of success with this new strategy? Yeah. I mean, honestly, Daniel um, is a brilliant CEO and he arrived on his first day completely ready to roll. So from his first day, there no time was lost. We were running on his uh, on June first, day one, and you start to see really quickly. And I think that now we're starting to hear recognition um, from people in the industry and from the press that this is one of the fastest brand turnarounds that the industry has ever seen. We changed the product, we established the brand code, we launched a new logo, we launched new new brand strategies, new brand platforms, new store format. So we have a whole new retail concept out all over the world, doing all this in a moment when we're also delivering amazing business results. Like you said, and I said earlier, Hugo Boss just announced a complete brand refresh, creating two separate and distinct lines, Hugo and Boss, intended for completely different younger audience segments, leaning into more casual offerings, modern logo facelifts for these lines, and a launch of a new campaign featuring a parade of young cultural influencers. In the internal conversations beforehand, you know, that you were having early on, how did you want to redefine the brand? You know, I think that's one of also one of the reasons why I took this job is because there is a, a an intuitive alignment already between Daniel uh, and myself, just in the ways that we think about the brands and the um, strategy that helps us to go fast. Because for the most part, we have the same idea, the same vision in mind. So there's not a lot of time debating. And I think that it's a matter of going back to basics. You know, Hugo Boss once was the most important um, brand in the premium sector. Mm -hmm. And I think that the company over you know the last eight years or so lost the way a little bit lost the purpose and if and if you really look at the brand strategies we're kind of going back to what the brands originally stood for but doing it in a modern way so boss is always been the brand for successful people. Mm -hmm. It's just that in today's world, success is defined in a different way. Success doesn't mean being the manager. Success means you writing your own rules, you living a self-determined life. And whatever that means for whatever individual, that's what success means. On the other side, Hugo has always been, you know, the younger brother of Hugo Bosch, of right. Boss. And it's a brand about self-expression, you know, dare to be yourself. And we launched the brand platform, Hugo Your Own Way. And that's very much within the DNA already within the brand. So it was a matter of kind of polishing this up and representing it in a, in a more modern and more relevant way for the younger consumer. And Hugo Boss set up a digital and data campus in Germany and Portugal to leverage its capabilities. And digital and data has become a strategic priority for Hugo Boss. 
How are you utilizing data in marketing and communications? Yeah, it's incredible. And that also happened so fast. I mean, within just a few months, that um, whole entity was up and running in Portugal. So I'll give you a really good example. One of the first big moments of the new wave of energy for Boss was the Russell Athletic uh, Fashion Show in Milan in Mm -hmm. September. And we really brought new energy and new life to the brand. And it was a social first uh, event. It's actually still the record for any brand debuting a fashion event on TikTok. We created all this energy, all this buzz. We broke a lot of rules. We brought in people who were not part of the, the systematic fashion system. So we went way beyond fashion models and influencers. We brought in athletes. We brought in Kavi Kavi Lami, the TikTok influencers, to actually be in the runway show. And then we watched. We looked at the data. We we followed the sentiments. We paid very, very close attention to what was happening on social media. And I'm sure that you saw just in the first four days, we had delivered over 4 billion impressions worldwide on social media. And this gave us a tremendous amount of data to learn and understand the response of the consumer. And a few of the things we learned there was that the consumer, that Kabi Lamy, Big Matthew, who's a K-pop star, it was his runway debut, mm-hmm. and Alicia Schmidt, it was her runway debut as well. All three of them, actually, it was their runway debut that they had a tremendous response on social media. People were going crazy and they were bringing us an entirely new audience of consumers. They were introducing the fashion world to new young people. And we looked at that data within one week. We were in discussions with all three of them for global ambassador deals, for capsule collections, for campaign work. So we are able to really look at that quickly, make a decision, have the flexibility, the adaptability. And I have to say credit to Daniel Greeter because we have the permission mm-hmm. <laughs> to make these deals happen really quickly. Do you see increasing investments in social media this year? Yeah. <laughs> You're yes. onto something. <laughs> I'd say, yeah, no, no, no. We're putting, um, we're doubling down on social media, and I think you, you, you've seen from yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, just for a, a point of um, example, the Russell Show, which was a social first event, actually truly a TikTok first event. Yeah. We yeah. in the first four days we saw four billion global impressions on media, but for the whole campaign because it continued for a about three weeks after, we generated 16 billion impressions on wow. social media between Instagram and TikTok. And we delivered 8 million euro in net sales. And I mean, this way paid for itself. And we're continuing all of our events and everything that we do, we're creating a conversation on social. What we did yesterday on TikTok and Instagram, we are still pulling the data together but we will be releasing some news very soon about that activation with another tremendous moment on social media. So before, when you did join, did Hugo Boss already have data that, that, that was usable? Yeah, they had a lot of data. Um, there, there's a, a, you know, the company is, is a, 
great company um, and, and there's a lot of structure and there's a lot of data within the company. So yes, there was a lot of data. The one thing for me as a marketer coming in is that when I started looking at the data, it was all rational. So they were, it was all focused on, I mean, at least the, the stuff that I saw in the early mm -hmm. days was very much about brand awareness, you know, how we were tracking against our competitors and the, the, the big shift that the brands need to to take to be relevant, we need to emotionalize the brand. And so the shift that we're taking also in the data is to be to be able to measure and monitor and get a pulse on how people feel about the brand. So are we moving from their heads to their heart? And would they care if we disappeared tomorrow? Do they love the brand? Is this their favorite brand? So we're doing a lot more data tracking on more the emotional side rather than the rational side. Were there any surprising insights that came out of that? Honestly, I mean, the, the data that we have right now, we don't have all the data in on that emotional side because we don't right. have, um, we've just started. And so we don't have all the reads in. I think that I wasn't necessarily surprised. I think I, I knew coming in that I had a, a beautiful brand, a huge opportunity, a brand that everybody in the world knows that has tremendous awareness, but just needed a little bit more heart. Let me um, let me cycle back a little bit to the pandemic. How did Hugo Boss shift its communication models and marketing to adapt to the changes in consumer preferences and behavior during the era of lockdown? You know, I joined at the, the tail end of the pandemic, but when, when I had arrived, they had already pivoted quite a bit into mm -hmm. casual wear. So, um, you know, a lot of the German, um, the amazing um, tailoring and the suiting that we were so famous for yep. got worked into um, joggers and jumpers and, you know, mixing a hoodie with a suit over it and being very um, Zoom friendly. So I think the company was really fast and really smart. They took that decision really early on. I mean, by the time I, I was here, that that was already, you know, fully realized and, and also a big part of why we have been so successful in the pandemic. On the marketing side, the team shifted a lot into social, into digital. They launched TikTok. They did a, um, a, a fashion film for Russell One, which was the first big social moment. This is before I came. It was tremendously successful. That, that was the biggest social mo moment that the team had had, um, really doing a fashion show, but through a, a social experience without a live audience. So there was a big shift to, to digital before I even started. I know this was before you started, but was it hard for the, for the brand to pivot and lean heavily into more casual wear, or that was perhaps the moment for Hugo Boss to evolve? I think that it was an opportunity and, and Hugo Boss has all the processes, the people, the manufacturing, all the systems in place as being, a, you know, a 3 billion euro company mm -hmm. to be able to pivot on a dime into casual wear. Right. And they, they did it so fast and so quickly in such a smart way that I think that is a really big part of the success story of Hugo Boss. So actually, I think it helped kind of accelerate the relevance of the brand in some ironic way. And part of reestablishing Hugo Boss's brand identity, you have uh, several new marketing campaigns that tap into an all-star cast of these multifaceted young celebrity influencers. Can you talk about the inspiration behind these new campaigns and the story you, you want the brand to convey? 
Yeah, let's start with Boss. So Boss has always been the brand for, you know, successful people. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're talking about, you know, being a brand f- for people who live a self-determined life. So it's be your own boss is mm-hmm. the tag. It's the claim. And you can celebrate the way you you live by your own rules. You set your own rules and you find your own way in life. The campaign, for the campaign, we cast the biggest bosses in the world that mm-hmm. we admired, that shared our values. So um, there are certainly some people in there who are very disruptive. Like, for example, Kabi Lamy, the TikTok star, uh, no brand had used him before no fashion brand had used him before we picked him up. He is the epitome of a boss in today's world. 15 months ago, you know, he lost his job. He had nothing. And he started um, spreading joy on TikTok and Instagram. And now he's the most famous influencer of our lifetime. So really recognizing people who have made an impact in their own lives and are great examples for, you know, being their own boss. And then on the Hugo side, you know, on Hugo, we're really targeting Gen Z. And so we picked icon, the icons of Gen Z. And here it's about celebrating your personal uh, self-expression, your personal individuality. So we have Hugo, your own way is the claim. So we're the brand that dares you to be yourself and really mm-hmm. celebrates that. So we cast uh, some Gen Z icons, Big Matthew. I mentioned earlier, he was in the Russell show. He's a K-pop star. And the fans went crazy. The people on social media went crazy for Big Matthew. And so we cast him in, in the Hugo campaign. We also cast Maddie Ziegler, who's a dancer from America, and uh, St. John, who's a rapper, and his girlfriend, Adut, who happens to be uh, also a, a fashion model. So in the past, Hugo Boss's brand DNA has always been pretty consistent. It's brand personality of masculine, superior, modern, and sophisticated. What is the boss and Hugo's brand personality today? I think we're way more inclusive. I think we're way more emotional, closer to the consumer. There's a lot of confidence behind the boss brand, but it's a, it's a, um, a positive confidence. I think the word superior actually carries a negative. Um, right. And I don't see that negative at all in the brand today. I think it's a very, very positive. And we also start to see some fun, some fashion, some energy, some enthusiasm, some um, uh, closer, much closer connection with the consumer. Hugo, Hugo is, you know, how can you put a, a, s- such a clear personality on the brand that stands for owning your personality, whatever that may be? So this is the, you know, inclusivity, um, a brand that really cherishes the people who go against the grain, who are the rebels, who are the believers, who have the courage, the creators. You know, this is a, a, a very, very special and creative brand. Hugo Boss also continued its partnership with fellow German brand Porsche for a capsule collection. Can you talk a little bit about that collaboration, what the synergies are between the two brands? Yeah. Does that fit in with the, the the new strategy? Yeah, absolutely. So we have a longstanding relationship um, with Porsche. Actually, this um, we're coming up on the 50-year anniversary of Porsche, and we have had some um, 
um, moments between the two brands throughout those 50 years. So we have a very good um, collaboration and long-standing, long-term relationship with them. The twist you're going to see, and I can't reveal it just yet because okay. we're launching here very soon, is that we're using the Porsche collaboration in a much younger, cooler way. So we have cast a pop culture icon, very disruptive, very unexpected to tell the boss Porsche collaboration this year. And that's actually launching uh, this month. So keep your eyes tuned to Instagram for that. In 2021, fashion tech started hitting its stride. Lots of innovation and experimentation among major fashion players with digital fashion, NFTs, virtual styling, virtual clientele, video shopping, etc. The opportunity is only growing. Where does Hugo Boss see the opportunity in this space? Yeah, I mean, just like everybody else, we see the opportunity and we are um, absolutely all over it. And one of the things that I was so impressed with when I joined, and this was in May, when I joined, we, we have an entire digital excellence um, department in the company full of 3D creators just studying the metaverse, you know, that was already in place um, for a long time. You will start to see <laughs> what most of the, um, the innovation around that has been, let's say, used for internal um, efficiency, optimization, product development flow. But now you'll start to see us pushing this out uh, from a com consumer communication and also a business model point of view. I can't tell you everything that we're up to, but I can tell you that you're going to start to see us as a relevant player here in the coming months. You know, it's nearing two years living under COVID-19 and consumers are still mired in exhaustion and confusion. You know, the roller coaster between hope and pandemic setbacks like the Omicron variant has generated a weary sense of independence, a kind of self-reliance mindset and more open to change. Do you think about these shifting consumer moods in the marketing strategies that you develop? Absolutely. I mean, every day I think about what's happening in the world and how as a brand we need to echo that or be sensitive to it or be relevant to it. And, um, you know, this is also when you think about our campaign, you know, be your own boss, it is, you, you would have seen yesterday when we launched this, the pride, the enthusiasm, the momentum that came behind that message because it was such a positive message in such a difficult time. So I think that we're very, very sensitive to what we put out there because we want to be part of the hope. We don't want to be part of the, the sadness. We want to be sensitive to the to the sadness um, of the pandemic, but as a brand and as a platform, we want to build hope in people for, for what's ahead. So what can we expect from Hugo Boss in the marketing partnerships this year that you can talk about? Can you talk about anything? <laughs> yeah, I, I can. I can. Um, so, you know, Boss's, um, Boss has always had an amazing um, point of difference here in our sports marketing team. So you would have seen, I hope you've seen our amazing uh, collaboration and um, ambassadorship with Matteo Berrettini. Oh, yeah. So, He's, yeah, yeah, he's so, one of the top uh, tennis tennis players. Yeah, top in the world. When we started talking to him, he was number eight in the world. And um, he's moving right on up that chart at the ATPs. But we're, we're doing really in-depth partnerships with very special people. So in the case of Mateo, 
We're outfitting him on court. He's a guest designer. So he's designing um, capsule collections with us for um, tennis with a, a tennis theme that we're launching with all of the Grand Slams. He is also an ambassador in our, in our campaigns. We talk to him every single day. We're cheering him on. It is a, a complete 360 partnership. We are also building the same with Kabi Lame. So we have a, we're working on two capsule collections with Kabi mm. and he is, um, giving feedback on on the designs and everything for that so that's pretty exciting and he is he and his team are also consulting with us on our social media content so it's a, a full partnership alicia schmidt as well we have capsule collections uh, that we are launching around alicia schmidt here in fall winter and she's also a campaign ambassador we have a few more that we haven't quite announced yet so i don't think i can say them on this call but you see the people that we're working with, you will see big partnerships around them. We're doing the same thing with our athletes, and we're really focusing on reinforcing our brand story. So whenever we're, we're doing um, a partnership right now, we're looking to how we can communicate, whether it be boss, be your own boss. So aligning with the biggest bosses or the greatest people of all time. And in the case of Hugo, it's all about... Um, you know, self-expression and Hugo your own way. And so here we're partnering with uh, personalities and brands that reinforce that. So Maya, my final question, which is the luxury item question, which I ask all my guests. So if you were stranded on a deserted island and you can only have one luxury item with you, what would that one luxury item be? It can't be any form of air transportation to get you off that island. It can't be anything that requires mobile service so you could, could communicate with someone to get you off that island. It's just you, sand, a bunch of palm trees surrounded by ocean. What would that one luxury item you would want to have with you? What I would do is I would actually like to have a solar powered drone with me <laughs> because I would like to document my experience on the island. So when I am um, found and, and come back to um, civilization, I can um, post my story on social media and I can become the world's biggest influencer on TikTok and Instagram. You would certainly be your own boss. No question exactly. there. <laughs> Living the brand. I love that. Maya Sullivan, Senior Vice President of Global Marketing and Brand Communications at Hugo Boss. Thank you so much for joining me on The Luxury Item. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's it for this episode of the Luxury Item Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this useful and entertaining, I would be really grateful if you can share it with a friend or colleague. I would love it if you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And while you're there, be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other listeners find us. The Luxury Item Podcast is a production of Silvertone Consulting. I'm your host, Scott Kerr. Until next time.